Welcome to Major Choices, a podcast all about designing the career you want. I'm Rachel Gerber, a career coach here at Indiana University who works with hundreds of college students each year, helping them to navigate their own major choices in life. In 30 minutes or less, we're going to discuss how to explore your options, learn about yourself, and start to head down a career path that feels right for you. So think of me as your personal career coach in your feed on the go. I'm so glad you're here. The college experience, you know, oftentimes includes taking classes, making friends, doing laundry, managing your time and schedule, in addition to choosing a major and preparing for the future. And let's be real, this can oftentimes feel just like a stressful process. According to IU's Counseling and Psychological Services Office, or otherwise known as CAPS, in one of their workshops called Adjusting to College, they stated some of the top stressors that college students have these days include independence and freedom, expectations and the perception of college norms, what you think it should be like as compared to what it maybe feels like, separation from your family of origin or a new place, academic and career distress, relationships and identity and development. And so today we are going to go straight to the heart of this matter and we're going to talk about ways to consider your health and wellness as you make decisions and care for yourself along the way. Today, I'm thrilled to have Lisa Hamilton, a career coach and certified health coach, who is going to be with us to share some top tips about considering your own wellness. And then afterwards, in the second half of the program, we've got Lena, one of our career peer coaches, who's going to be here taking this topic to the streets in our Students on the Street segment about considering your wellness and She's going to be talking with an athlete and asking him about how he balances all the things and manages the stress and pressures that come with college. So stick around. Welcome to episode 23, Self-Care in the Career Development Process. A recent report from Timely MD, a telehealth company that focuses on higher education, asked over 1,600 college students between the ages of 18 and 29 to assess the current state of mental health on their college campus. And the results were actually quite eye-opening. Here's a few stats. 88% said that they believe that there is a mental health crisis going on on campus nationwide. 51% said that they're feeling more stress now in 2022 than they were in 2021. And 60% of college students said that they intend on seeking support for their mental health, which is great news. You know, attending to stress levels and mental health is a critical part of the college experience. But students oftentimes wonder how to actually do that, especially as college has so many demands, especially towards the end of the semester. So today's question comes from Erica, who's wondering exactly about that. And maybe you are too, um, and you can relate to her. So listen in. Hi, Rachel. It's Erica. I know this really isn't a career-specific question, but I'm feeling pretty burnt out with college and just thinking about the future. How can I balance all the things going on in my life and finish this year strong? I am thrilled to be able to introduce you all um, in our Major Choices podcast world to one of my favorite people and colleagues, Lisa Hamilton, who I work with in the Career Development Center here at IU. 
She's the Associate Director of Exploratory Coaching, as well as a Certified Health and Wellness Coach. So I wanted to bring Lisa on today to talk with us about this question that Erica had about, you know, how do we take care of ourselves as we're continuing to wrestle with these larger questions of life that can oftentimes, you know, take a lot of emotional energy and, um, and, you know, along with the difficulties sometimes, or the, the busyness of a current semester and all the, all that students are generally juggling. So Lisa, I'm so grateful that you're here today on major choices podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much, Rachel. I'm so excited to be talking with you. Yeah. Well, so you heard Erica's question about, you know, how do we really finish strong? And and also I think implicitly is like, how do I take care of myself along the way? So, but before we really jump into that, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe about why this topic of health, wellness, and self-care is important to you? Sure. Yes. Um, well, as you said, I'm um, associate director here at the Career Development Center. When we were sent home during COVID, though, I did work on, while I was working my full-time job, I had a little bit more time since we weren't really going anywhere, right? And I did work on a health coaching certification. Um, And I think that was sort of, um, you know, a big part of where that came from was that for me, health and wellness has always been really important. Um, Honestly, this started when I was a kid. I was a sickly kid. I was sick a lot. And um, as a teenager, started getting into health and wellness practices and kind of all my life, that was something important to me. I think you probably have run into this with yourself and many other people. Sometimes the thing that is our weakness also becomes our strength. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so for me, this was something I always had to really kind of focus on a little bit more than the average person. Um, and you know, I just, I guess I honestly believe that if we don't take care of our bodies, it really doesn't matter what else we're doing. Um, cause this is our vehicle to get around and, and make our impact in the world. So, um, yeah, I've just always kind of been interested in, in, in learning more about and doing more to, um, uplift this idea of wellness. And I think wellness in a very broad sense, not just about exercising and eating right. Sure. Yeah. So, so can we sort of take that as a launch pad right here, this sort of this overall sort of concept of like wellness um, in someone's life. And, you know, college is oftentimes, you know, when students are juggling a lot, you know, transitioning from home, um, becoming independent, making, you know, sometimes their first major adult decisions about life, you know? And so what do you notice or what do you hear from students um, who are in college just even about their stress levels? Like as you meet with students and, and work with people who also work with students, um, yeah, what do you sort of notice about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's like a lot of us have experienced that our students come in and, you know, we work mainly with first year students or, you know, sort of that beginning part of college. Um, and it is a lot to juggle. It's a lot to handle. Um, you know, sometimes I will joke about that my own kids went to IU and they found it really difficult and they traveled like three miles to get here um, from <laughs> home. So, so, you know, we have students that are coming from halfway around the world or more. Um, so there it's, it's a huge change. Um, it can be a change in culture, um, change in your surroundings, and you don't have that support system there that maybe you took for granted uh, when you were at home. Um, 
you know, just things like, you know, that there was maybe dinner made for you most nights of the week, um, that you had um, some, you know, someone kind of nudging you to go to bed or get up at a certain time. And we don't have that when we go to college and we're living on our own. Um, but then also there's just the way college is structured. It's, you know, we, we do a class here, a class there. There's lots of open time. Um, you know, my friend, um, Anthony Gascott, who's a, who is, um, works here on campus. He talks about the inverse relationship of time, how in high school we do most, well, first of all, we have a very set schedule where we go to class to school at a certain time and we leave at a certain time and it's the same every day. We do most of the, they do most of their work in class and then a little bit outside of class. Whereas in college, it's maybe a little in class, but mostly outside of class. And, you know, just those struggles of like getting yourself where you need to be at the right time. And then there's things like laundry and, you know, roommates and, you know, all kinds of things. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of it is an opportunity to make a lot of choices on our own about what we eat, when we sleep, those kinds of things. But it is, we have to be cognizant of trying to make the choices that are going to support us and support our health. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to what you've noticed too, in particular about common stressors associated with, you know, students who are thinking about selecting a major or what they want to do with career development? Yeah, I think that the students put a lot of pressure on themselves to mm. um, make, quote unquote, the right choice, um, not really understanding that there might be lots of right choices and there might be lots of potentialities within us. There's lots of yous within you, right? Um, so there's lots of things we could do and maybe be happy, but, you know, trying to make that right choice. And I know you talk about major doesn't equal career and it's not like we have to have this one specific magical major that's going to open every door. Um, as soon as we get out of school, <laughs> we also know, you know, when a student says to me, I just don't know what I want to do the rest of my life. Um, usually my first response is, well, neither do I, um, because we, we probably won't do one thing the rest of our lives. I love that picture that you have in your office of um, the car with the headlights driving in the night. And I'm sure mm -hmm. you've talked about that before, about we really only need to know, you know, with the headlights, I mean, we can drive across the state in the dark um, and get where we need to be, but we're only seeing so far ahead of it, you know, as we're driving. It's the same with our life. I mean, we just really kind of need to know what the next right step is, but oftentimes students think they have to have everything all planned out. I also think it doesn't help that they, they often think that their friends have it all planned out. Uh -huh. they, yeah. mm -hmm. they they um they see things on social media and you know we only post when we've got it all figured out or we think we've got it all figured out but then when we have those days or weeks or months of like oh my gosh this isn't working the way I thought it would we don't post anything about that but then we post when we have the new idea right so it's we we only share when we we rarely share our struggles we only share when things are going really well so a lot of students don't understand how normal it is to struggle with this and, and think you knew what you were going to do. And then you get here and you're questioning everything. It's very normal. Yeah. I think that's really helpful to sort of just normalize sort of that experience from a developmental point of view that lots of students go through this, you know, there are the rare exceptions, you know, where students have like sort of never veered off course from when they were four years old and knew that they <laughs> yes. wanted to be a paleontologist, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but 
for the majority of us, there mm-hmm. is there is a lot of that, you know, questioning and um, second guessing and coming back to it. So, so what do you feel like then are some, you know, sort of core takeaways um, with your experience and your background, not only with career coaching, but also this health and wellness and self-care mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. sort of approaching your life from a holistic point of view? Like mm-hmm. what might be especially helpful for students so that they can minimize stress and promote this well-being um, to finish their semester strong. Yeah, so um, I'd like to talk a little bit of science, if that's okay, to give a yeah. little background on something that I I just am hoping everyone knows. I actually had a, um, a colleague invite me to a class she was teaching just to talk about wellness, and I could choose any topic, and this was the topic I to thing that I, I want everyone to know about is this idea of the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, so um, parasympathetic is, so sympathetic is the system that we talk about that I know you and probably most of your listeners have heard about, which is the fight or flight system. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of in that fight flight kind of place um, where we think like we're being chased by a lion, like evolutionarily that was the reason for this system right that that um that we need to sometimes be in those those spaces of fight or flight and when we are in those spaces um our resources are pushed to our extremities so that we can run fast or we can take care of whatever needs to be done in the physical world world um we do not at those points in time have access to our creativity to our higher cognition or to complex decision-making. Um, and we also just, you know, maybe as an aside, crave sugar and carbs a lot during that time because, you know, again, our body thinks we're being chased by a lion. So you got to have like that fast energy, things that are really fast, not things that take a while to digest. So um, we also literally have tunnel vision, but then also could figuratively have tunnel vision when we are in that state of being um, and the problem is that a lot of us spend a lot of time in that in that place, unfortunately. Um, we usually are physically safe and we don't need to be in that place. Now, if you were walking along on campus with your cell phone and you're looking down at your phone and you accidentally almost step out in front of a bus and you have to jump back really fast and your heart starts beating really fast, like, yeah, you needed that sympathetic nervous system to kick in, right? Um, and take care of that situation. But unless we're dealing with something like that, we really need to try to find ways to be in what we call parasympathetic nervous system. So that is also known as, as opposed to fight or flight, it's known as rest and digest. (laughs) And so as you can imagine, it's opposite. The body feels relaxed. We have access to our creativity, to our higher cognition, to our complex decision-making processes. We can see more possibilities. We don't have that tunnel vision. Um, Rachel, have you ever experienced where like you were really stressed about something and it just seemed like, oh my gosh, this isn't working out. What am I going to do? I can't think of what I'm going to do. But if you let yourself kind of take some deep breaths and relax that you go... Well, of course I could just go and do that. Like you, but you couldn't think of the thing that was going to help you. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes this is a little bit of a side note. Like when I get an email that might trigger something within me, mm-hmm. I've, I've now like known to like, I'm probably not even reading all the details of this email. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. like, if it's, 
something. And I'm like, I just need to set this aside and I need to come back to it when I'm able to take a few deep breaths and have a little bit more like cognitive abilities <laughs> here to right, come to right. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that was a bit of science there about the, you know, sympathetic, parasympathetic, uh, fight or flight, rest and digest. But I mean, as you can imagine, this is this, if we're, if we don't have access to our creativity, to our higher cognition and to our complex decision-making, is this a good time to make decisions about majors and careers (laughs) and like even what we're going to take next semester? (laughs) Right. Probably not. Right. Probably not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I think, you know, when we're thinking about our wellness and, and when we're making decisions or trying to, you know, do what's best, our next best, our next right choice or whatever, certainly, I mean, I think a lot of us know these things. It's kind of hard to implement them, but, you know, back to the basics, eating well, making sure we're drinking lots of water, making sure we're getting outside and spending a little time in nature and moving our body, things like that. Um, but if we're just thinking very specifically about how do we get ourselves back into that parasympathetic um, place, um, there are some things that can help us do that. So there's something called the vagus nerve. It's the longest, biggest nerve in the body, and it it um, communicates both ways, right? So like when we have that gut instinct, that's the vagus nerve giving us feedback back up to our brain, um, and then it goes the other way. But things that we can do to calm our vagus nerve will put us back into parasympathetic um, state of being. So it could be things like moving, especially if we're moving outside. When we see on our peripheral vision, um, nature and things going by us, this is very helpful. Um, I mean, obviously it gets pretty cold here in Indiana. So maybe, you know, sometimes we move on a treadmill, but if we can move in nature, it's going to relax our brain in a different way. Um, than if, if we are moving on a treadmill, laughter. So if you could, you know, watch it, watch a funny video or um, spend some time with, with a friend who makes you laugh, like that can be helpful. Um, yoga, spending time in nature, journaling, humming can do that for us, believe it or not. Um, mm. Laying on our back and looking side to side, like looking back and forth side to side, maybe take a few minutes and do that. Because again, that tunnel vision, when our brain thinks that we got to really, you know, be uptight and worried and nervous, it, it only wants to look forward. So if we're looking side to side, we're telling our brain that everything's okay. We don't have to focus on one thing. Singing, um, healthy diet, um, hugging a friend, hugging someone, a hug can be really helpful. And then breathing, deep breathing is probably the best way to tell our vagus nerve that everything is well. And so that deep, deep diaphragmatic breathing, where we're breathing into our belly. We're not bringing our shoulders up when we take a deep breath, but we're pushing our belly out. And, and, and even just a few breaths like that, you, we often notice that, you know, all of a sudden we're like, oh, okay, this isn't quite as horrible as I thought. Let's think about what my next step will be. Those are all such good tips. Like things that like don't cost any money, you can do like immediately, right? We don't have to plan for it. We don't have to schedule something. We can, we can do all of those things that you just said, like right now. So thank you so much for, for naming that. It really, and I think too, another thing that I just picked up in terms of, you know, no matter where students are in the semester, if they're feeling really stressed out, um, these little nuggets of wisdom, um, 
is really helping them to tap into their own wisdom, that they have the answers within themselves, that they don't have to go out someplace else and find them. But really those, these strategies that you're saying is also, you know, like just sort of in essence, come home to yourself, sort of soothe um, sort of that frantic uh, fight, fight or flight response. Um, so you do have access to that creativity. So you can make those um, more informed choices that are already within yourself for that next, next yeah. right step. 100%. Yes. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I think that ultimately, and I know you feel this way too, that the student students do, people do know what's best for them. It's just kind of helping them find that within like trusting. And I think, you know, trusting yourself, trusting mm-hmm. the process um, and that it, you can't always know all the answers right away. I love that. Lisa, you're such a gift. Thanks so much for coming on today. You're so welcome. I love talking with you as always. Well, we'll have to have you on again. All right. Well, this was Lisa Hamilton, Associate Director of Exploratory Coaching here with us on the Major Choices Podcast, both a career coach as well as a certified health and wellness coach here to give us all the insight about how to be well. Money Smarts is a financial wellness and education program that offers free services and resources for students, faculty, and staff on all IU campuses. It is part of the IU Office of Financial Wellness and Education. They conduct group presentations and personalized confidential one-on-one appointments for those looking to expand their financial knowledge and get their financial questions answered. They also have online tools and resources available at moneysmarts.iu.edu. All of their services are by appointment only and can be utilized for as many times as you'd like or need. To book an appointment, visit moneysmarts.iu.edu or call them at 812-855-9111. And now it's time for Student on the Street, where one of our career peers, Lena Evans, interviews a student on the street about the topic of the day. Hi, Major Choices Podcast. It's Lena again, coming at you with another Student on the Street segment today. Um, I'm here with Crace. Crace, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name's Crace. Uh, I currently run track at IU. Um, I also attend uh, Kelly School of Business and trying to market, uh, trying to major in marketing and advertising. Um... But yeah. So today's theme of the podcast is surrounding health, wellness, and stress management. So let me ask you, how do you handle juggling track, Kelly, your social life, so, ugh, social life and everything else outside of that? Well, really, it's just like it, it becomes like a almost a schedule, like you're almost repetitive each day. So it kind of becomes like one of nature of yourself um, waking up in the mornings and doing weights and then going to class that's just became like a regular schedule for me and I feel like it's also built like a good foundation around how I can get my schoolwork done and be productive throughout each day um it's kind of also based uh uh a good understanding of when I'm not doing something and when I should be doing something um but yeah so what are some things that you like to do to de-stress if things start to get overwhelming hmm that's a good question I usually like to just like talk to somebody. I like to talk to my friends. I think they're a good outlet for me. Um, Sports can definitely be um, stressful and so can school, especially school and Kelly. 
Um, the workload that's been presented is definitely bigger than I thought it would be, but it has been a really good um, learning tool for me to understand that I can do it. And especially doing it with sports, that's just another good um, factor that I can see. But yeah, I think talking to friends would probably be the de-stressor for me, honestly. So it's been shown that students who either work a part-time job or participate in an activity outside of school perform better academically. Do you think that track is something that helps you like stay on top of everything? Mm. I wouldn't say that it like lets me perform better in school. I think it's a test of your um, overall knowing of if you can do track in school because I mean honestly some people would rather just focus on school than go ahead and add another burden on top of you know going home and studying and trying to cook dinner and it's just it's just all piles on one after another and yeah it becomes really stressful and you have to really um stay on top of it 24 7 but track has allowed me to just see that having a foundation and doing the right things each day will present good things and outcomes. And if you just do the right thing, then, you know, you probably won't have the, as much stress and anxiety as many people. So besides talking to your friends, what's like a physical activity, like, I don't know, like walking your dog or driving your car and listening to music. Like what's <laughs> something else that you would say you used to de-stress? And how does it, like, in what way does it help you? Honestly, just being active. I think just any form of physical activity is good. Um, it doesn't matter if I'm playing basketball or, you know, running track. I feel like those are all good de-stressors and allows me to test my physical and not just be testing my mental all the time here at school. So, yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. So lastly, if you had one motto to live by, what would it be and why? Hmm. I feel like you're your best critic. I feel like that's a really good one. I feel like if you're able to critique yourself and know what you're doing wrong and know what you want to do five, ten years down the road and taking every aspect of life and just taking a step behind it and just kind of like realizing what you need to do and kind of get that done and to accomplish your goals and your tasks that you're trying to achieve. But yeah, I think being your best, uh, biggest critics, probably a big one for me. Okay. Thank you, Craig, for being the star of the student on the street segment for this episode. Again, my name is Lena. I'm a career coach in the CDC here at IU. And this is the end of the student on the street segment. Thank you, Rachel. Friends, thanks so much for joining us today on Major Choices, a podcast all about designing the career you want. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to Major Choices, rate us and leave a review. It really does help others to find us out there in podcast land. As always, we hope that this conversation sparks something within you to reflect on as you design your own path ahead. You know, these decisions can often weigh heavy, but remember, you're not alone. If you need help locating your career coach, you can contact us at iucareer at indiana.edu. I want to give a special thanks to our co-writers and co-producers, Lena Evans and Laria Miller. And finally, 
In the words of Katie Reed, self-care is giving the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. Until next time, friends, be well. Thank you.